Down from the Mount of Glory is a fairly new hymn. It was written by Werner Franzman in 1968 while he was the managing editor of the Wells Northwestern Lutheran, now called Forward in Christ. You can read Mark 9, chapters 2 through 9 for the biblical account of Jesus' transfiguration, which is the basis for Franzman's hymn. Verse 1. Down from the Mount of Glory came Jesus Christ our Lord. Recall the wondrous story, rich gem in sacred word. Again your faith will view him in double glory here. The greater homage due him will in your life appear. In his hymn, Franzman is comparing and contrasting the Mount of Transfiguration with Mount Calvary. He shows the stark contrast between the two mountains and in the same way shows the exact purpose of each. The first mountain is for glory and strength. The second mountain is for glory and death. Twice in verses 1 and 5, Franzman mentions double glory. The glory Jesus received on the Mount of Transfiguration showed himself to be God's beloved Son. Jesus loses none of his divine majesty in his incarnation, but he humbly hid that majesty with his human nature. Now, on the Mount of Transfiguration, Christ's glory shines through his human nature. The glory Jesus received on Mount Calvary is different. Though he is the Son of God who is the creator of life, he freely chooses to die at the hands of his creation so that he might then save these sinful creatures. Jesus' glory is revealed in his humility on the cross. Every year at the end of the Epiphany season, before we move into the season of Lent, we are invited to revisit this first mountain. What happens there? Annually upon the Mount of Transfiguration, our faith will benefit and its fruit will in your life appear. This is what happens any time we stop to ponder and digest God's word. The word made flesh in Christ. Verse 2. Transfigured Christ the lowly stood radiant in the light. Light found in Godhead solely for human eyes too bright. Then came a voice from heaven, confirmed what here we see, the words, My Son, were given to seal his deity. This verse describes Jesus being transfigured on the mountain. Another word for transfigured is metamorphosis, a complete change in form and appearance. The prophet Isaiah describes Jesus' human appearance as having no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. Yet the gospel writers describe Jesus upon the mountain with his face shining like the sun. His face changed, and his clothes were whiter than anyone could bleach them. From heaven, the Father voices approval of his Son. This was because Jesus was carrying out the plan of salvation formulated in eternity before the foundations of the world were laid. What Peter, James, and John had not heard at Jesus' baptism, because they weren't present, they hear now. Jesus was transfigured to reveal his deity, to show that he was the true God, the greater prophet promised to whom all should listen. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your brothers. You must listen to him, Moses says in Deuteronomy 18. Verse 3. Yet mark this glory hidden, see him the mount descend, and by the Father bidden his willing footsteps bend to seek humiliation and deepest depths of woe, to suffer degradation no mind can probe or know. But as quickly as it happened, it was over. Why did Jesus descend the mountain and not remain there in his glory? 
Jesus was willingly treading down the mountain into the plain so that he could soon walk up another mountain toward his suffering and death. He had to face humiliation and degradation and deepest woes beyond what anyone can comprehend or know. Verse 4. Strange how his journey ended. In love that is his fame, our Lord again ascended a mount, the hill of shame. Upon the cross he proffered himself to agony. His holy soul he offered to set the guilty free. How did the transfiguration strengthen Jesus during the last weeks of his life? Jesus had heard the Father putting his stamp of approval on him and his saving mission. Jesus spoke to the two great prophets of the Old Testament, Moses and Elijah, who encouraged him to continue on with his journey. Jesus also saw the glory that would be his when he accomplished our salvation. Verse 5. Then hail the double glory of Jesus Christ our Lord, and let the wondrous story full peace and joy afford. The holy mount acclaims him the majesty divine. Mount Calvary proclaims him redeemer, yours and mine. Why must we too leave the mount of transfiguration and accompany Jesus back down the mountain? Why can't we just stay in the joyful season of Epiphany instead of trudging through the dark and mournful Lenten journey to Mount Calvary? Someday we will enjoy Jesus' glory in all its fullness for eternity. But now we must take up our crosses and follow him, showing ourselves to be his disciples. We too must follow Jesus by ascending the hill of shame to the foot of the cross. That is where we witness the true glory of Jesus as our Redeemer. How ironic that this journey which began on a mountain would end on a mountain. But this time not of glory, but of shame. There Jesus offered his life. He gave himself over to agony and the cross to set guilty sinners free and afford full peace and joy for all. Down from the Mount of Glory sets before us beautiful bookends to the Lenten season. We ask God to bless our Lenten journey from mountain to mountain. <laughs> 